Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips brought to you by the Hunt Lift Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Carter McKenzie, and I'm here with my co-host and consingulary Luke. <laughs> consingulary. One of these days you're gonna say it right. <laughs> but you've What's never up, seen The Godfather. That's the problem. Yeah, no, I don't have time for Gabagool family problems, man. I get it. I get it. it. Oh man. Yeah. So we're going to talk today about trail cameras and how they need to be kind of leveraged and implemented this time of year, what you guys should be using and then some recommendations on ones that we've used and that we like. And yeah, why don't you start us off? You, you run them all the time. So you're pretty familiar with trail cams. How do you use a big trail cam guy? Big trail cam guy. Uh, anybody who hunts multiple properties, uh, I hunt a lot of private, smaller private properties. So trail cams give me a lot of leverage trying to pattern and inventory what I got going on on those properties. So it's a huge, huge advantage for me. Um, if you live in one of those states where trail cams are now not allowed, sorry about it. Check in next week. Maybe the next one will apply to you. But um, yeah, I run a lot of trail cams, man, and I'm beefing up my inventory this year. I'm going to get, a, I think six more Tacticams, um, because I've had such good success with, um, I have the Gen X 2, 2.0. Um, and I love it. I've had a phenomenal experience running those cams and cell cams, change of the game, man, call it whatever you want, but it's convenient. And I've, I freaking love them, dude. But my biggest tip I've learned, I think one of my tips with how I like to leverage them is to be like, and this is something I've learned by screwing up many times. You need to treat each trip to your camera location, just like you're going into the woods to go sit for a hunt. I think you need to be cognizant of wind, your scent, and your frequency of checking your cameras. That's something you've got to be super tuned in about. I won't go touch my cameras for at least two weeks. I said like a two week break between fooling with them. If I'm going to go change the settings or, you know, batteries, batteries are freaking batteries will go quick on those things, especially if you're getting a ton of, uh, a ton of pictures. So, um, I got a two week minimum and then I got like a get in, get out kind of policy, get in there, grab your card, leave. I used to like, <laughs> dude, I used to like bring my MacBook back in the day in my backpack when I had them set up on public and you got to hike all the way in there. And I'm like, I want to check these cameras right now. And I'd like squat down and pull up my MacBook and take out the SD card and put it in my computer and like pull up the pictures and be like, look at all these pictures. And I, and you're just leaving scent there, right? You're educating all the deer um, in those areas. So treat each trip like you're going in for a sit, get in, get out. That's another, you know, huge point for cell cameras because you don't have to go in there unless you're changing batteries, which is sweet. And there's some really cool upgrades that Tacticam has with the lithium battery pack. They've got the solar panel, so you can add to it, which really, you know, you run that system, which I haven't run that specific one yet with the solar panel. I'm looking forward to implementing that this year, but now it gives you the ability to not have to go in there at all you know, yep. over the course. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bobby runs it and he doesn't, he hasn't touched it since yeah. last season. It just goes. Yeah. 
and that's that's key, you know. And that's what I love. What what Tacticam has done is just they just simplified the entire cell cam system. Like before, it was like this is kind of convoluted. It was complicated to get everything set up and get it on your data. And like this, it's just a very easy to go, streamlined. The price point is right. I think when they initially came out, they like were half of everybody else, uh, which was really cool. And you know, you're now can get a cell cam from them for what you can get a camera for like a normal camera, which is sweet. So yeah, they, they really changed the game and we were early adopters and customers. And now we've got a cool, we're actually, uh, and we have a partnership, uh, with them. And so if you're on the team, you we're running a pre-sale now for a bunch of their cameras. So if you're on the team, go take advantage of that. If you're not join the team and, uh, and come on, <laughs> come on out. Cause we're taking applications actually right now and expanding it. Just another benefit of being a part of the community is partner brand partners and discounts and stuff that we're able to, to leverage. But yeah, back to the cameras. One thing that I really like to do, and I've learned this just the hard way is the amount of like, you think you got a camera out there and you're just like, can see everything. And then you realize you can't. And so what we started doing is uh, in areas that we know are kind of high trafficked is have a one or two cameras going in different directions within that same area. And you'd be shocked at like the movement patterns that won't go past a camera. Like it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. And at one point I had a camera that was up high looking down where I had some other cameras. It was kind of a crossing point on our property in Virginia where I know that people had trespassers had been using so I was actually trying to catch them. And then I was seeing deer that like you couldn't see from the other camera where you think you can see everything because it's right on the trail. And you're like, holy shit. So that was kind of a, a good little dip there. And like everybody's budgets are different. But if you can afford, I almost think if you, you're in a, a high traffic area where you know or you're on uh, either a food source or if you're running feeders or if you're running um, a mineral site. Like having some couple couple different angles is worth it versus having more cameras and more locations. It's like that super soak saturation of what you know is in that specific spot, and then you know going from there. Yeah, you see deer you didn't you would never know exist. Like I do the same thing off the same tree, two different directions, and that happened to me last year with a buck that would just he would walk behind that tree and instead of in front of it, right? And I would never would have known he existed if I didn't have one facing the other direction. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of those bucks, if you are using food or minerals, the bucks, the the older, more mature bucks will associate those sites with humans. And so that's why I like bait sites actually aren't always a good place to kill big bucks. But around, you know, if that's where all the other deer are going, the larger deer a lot of times will hang out on the peripheries of that and they won't really go in. And so that's where you can having those multiple angles, like you might have something looking at the mineral and then something looking in the opposite direction or on the bait or on the food plot or the high, you know, whatever. Like there's a reason like the big bucks become big and it's because their, their patterns are a little bit different from what every other deer is doing. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, in addition to that, when you're thinking about trail camp placement, I had to change my mindset from where I thought was a good spot to put a camera to like where deer are actually going to be, right? Like, oh, this is perfect, right? I'm going to put it on this tree right here and I can see the, the whole green field and this is money, right? I'm going to get the quintessential, you know, big buck in the green field and, you know, like the shows on TV and stuff like that. And I have yet to, you know, see the big buck in the green field in the middle of the day <laughs> out there feeding with 20 other deer. That just doesn't happen. 
maybe I don't know. Maybe I suck. I don't know. But that doesn't happen to me. So TV kind of ruined that for me. And then you really need to study and start learning like pinch points and other food that is not just a big open field that looks good to a human being and, and put it on, maybe put it on existing trails, right? If you have nowhere to start or if you're on a new property or if you're hunting public or something like that, um, put it where deer are going to be, not where it looks appealing to a, a human eye, I would say. Same thing with tree stand placement too, right? Like I feel like it's a probably a big mistake too that guys make, but. Yeah. Especially with archery, right? I mean, early on in my archery uh, journey, I was, I always saw a lot of deer, but I was always at like 60 to a hundred yards away. You know, it was just like, I was always just off just outside. And yeah. so re- reframing and rethinking how we look at all this is it's really important. Yeah. And that's a great point too, is like, instead of like getting on the big field, right. You know, and if you're in like ag land where it's, you know, kind of like fence row, you got the hedgerows of, tr- you know, vegetation and trees. And then it's like ag, ag, ag. Those are walkways. They're not going to walk through the open field. They're going to walk, all through where that dense, you know, thick veggies. And so that's where you want to look. Uh, if you're, you know, up in like the mountain areas, like where Carter and I are hunting up in Appalachia, like looking on the ridge lines, like a third of the way up, you're going to see like, that's where a lot of buck bedding habitat's going to be. That's also where their trails and how they move. They don't move, you know, at the base, they don't move at the top because they don't want to skyline themselves, but they're going to be moving, you know, you know, right there at that that elevation line i can't talk right and you can actually like look on the topo and follow that line and then go look at it on the ground and actually see where those trails are so that's always a great place to look and then you know anywhere there's mast inside the the vegetation so looking for acorns and all that that's where they're gonna so they'll be holding up late later on but i don't think they've started dropping yet i'm in colorado so i'm removed from where the acorns are yeah, man. And then you take that information and you use the trail cams. Technology is a lever, Luke. I don't know if you yep, knew this. it's a lever. Technology is a lever. And you use that to then confirm, you know, your preconceived notions about where these bucks are moving. And it's another piece of the puzzle to your advantage there. Yeah, I kind of look at trail cams. I equated it when I was fishing with Casey and he was using the fish finders. A lot of people, a lot of these purists, which is fine, right? Everybody has their own thing, but they'll be like, it's cheating, like, especially cell cams. It's like, all it really does to me is it just helps, you know, it's the same thing Casey was saying with the fishing is it just helps eliminate ground. Yeah. Like you still have to kill the animal. You still have to be at the right place at the right time. You still got to do all this stuff. And all it does is just eliminate, you know, more wasted time. Cause now you're actually, you know, you've narrowed down the great big woods and you know, okay, they're moving here, 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 and here. There's p- potential bedding sites here, 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 and here. And now we pay attention to wind conditions and all this. And that's how we're going to, you know, utilize them for whitetails. And then, you know, it's the same thing for, you can use it in the West for judging, you know, patterns because a mule deer that's moving through, you know, in August of 2022, and you catch him on this ridge line and he's moving, he, good chance he's going to be in that same area the next year if he doesn't get killed, right? Or there's yeah. not some big environmental shift. Cause you can pattern, you know, in these Western animals that are more migratory, they follow the same patterns too, based on the time of year. So you can build really, I mean, Caleb killed the buck he killed. He had on camera, he had had a relationship. He'd seen that buck several times. I mean, that buck, excuse me, bull, that big elk he killed a couple of years ago and like during archery. And that was a hell of a bull. And that was a cool story because he had this relationship with it. They, he was able to pattern and build, which you don't, I, I like the idea I mean, I, I do like going to a new country where we have no idea what's there and just looking around, but I also like 
being familiar with an area and being familiar with animals. And like, it's cool when you can start patterning and seeing the same deer over and over, it just adds a different element to what we do. Yeah. It's satisfying, like trying to figure it out, right. If you're a problem solving kind of person and you do build a relationship, a one-sided relationship <laughs> with those animals, right. They, hopefully they have no idea you exist, right. They probably do. They're pretty keyed in, but getting those pictures, that's pretty cool, man. What else do you do for your trail cams? The last thing I would say would be don't cheap out on crappy batteries because they're less expensive. Buy the more expensive. If you're on the battery train, just get the better lithium batteries. Just do it. You're not going to regret it. You're going to regret it when you have to drive an hour and go replace those batteries in two weeks, right? Especially if you put it on a freaking deer highway and you're getting a hundred pictures a day of does and fawns. You're going to be like, what the fuck, dude? Buy the good batteries and don't cheap out on the SD cards. <laughs> Buy the good SD cards. I cheaped out on SD cards for years, actually forever until last year. And, you know, cheap SD cards will malfunction or, or not read or, you know, buy the SD cards that the car, that the camera asks for the correct qualifications, the correct size, um, with enough memory. Don't, don't cheap out on those two things. It's just not worth it, dude. It's just hundred percent not worth it. Cause you end up spending more anyways, if you go the cheap route. Yeah. Be cognizant of like, I remember my first time when I was running cameras, I was, uh, it was when I was trapping pigs actually down in Georgia and I had all the video set up and I had, uh, everything was in like HD and it just drained the batteries, filled up the cards. And I was like, Oh, Let's, you know, turn the video off, maybe just run pictures or if you want, you know, there's, there's a time and place for everything. There's certain areas that video gives you an added benefit, right? Because you can get a better look at the animal. You can watch it back. Um, but just, you know, paying attention to how much space you've got on the card, how often are you going to be able to check it? All these different factors, you know, kind of plays into how you want to run it. And then the same with the quality. You don't have to have HD everything when it's trail cam pictures because a lot of those pictures are going to be, especially back east, are going to be a fucking squirrels and raccoons and a bunch of other bullshit. Or the grass waving. or Yeah, like limbs, you know, blowing in the breeze. And and so if you're not familiar with them, you'll, you'll get on there and you'll be like, oh, man, I got 300 pictures and like 300 of it are of freaking raccoons i got some pretty hilarious pictures of raccoons yeah pictures of not deer can be some of the best ones that <laughs> that you get out of that bunch yeah raccoons just they just photograph pretty funny <laughs> they always look like they're like <laughs> guilty they're like ah! <laughs> yeah. but yeah i'm excited i've actually never used uh cameras in the west and that's something that i, I try to i plan on implementing for next year, this year. So, you know, looking, looking out, I think late season, try to put out some cameras to kind of take inventory of what's out there and then try to find some of the same animals next year. That's, that's kind of the plan. Cause you know, I've just seen and talked to folks that have utilized them and it's, it's hit or miss. Like some folks are really against them. Some folks really love them. I mean, some of the States are outlawing, outlawing them. Some of them are outlawing the, the cellular cameras or you can't use them during different times of the year. So it's kind of a different world than it is back East where they're just universally accepted or in the Midwest. Yeah. And I'd say, you know, maybe if you're hunting a lot of public and you're worried about keeping track of your camera, this is something I'm adopting this year. I've had a lot of shit stolen out of the woods, but 
If you're a longtime listener, you may remember the episode that we did called the sixth generation mountain trash about a property in North Georgia that I hunt where I've had a bunch of cameras and stands and stuff like that stolen by the mountain trash up the holler. And this year I'm going to only run reveal pros on that property because it has a built-in GPS with it. Um, because you call DNR and they're like, sorry, like we, we can't do much, but if there's a GPS, they know exactly where it is. So, um, that reveal pro is going to be making its way to that property for that purpose. Hell yeah. The, uh, the other cool thing is the, they've got Tacticam has lock boxes. Yep. Which are sweet. The bears too. If you got a yeah. bear area. Yep. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to get some of those and especially for the ones that I run on public. I like the, the reveals too. Just having the cell cam is just, it, it gives you, you know, especially, you know, I'm in Colorado, my family lands back East. It's, there's just some more eyes, right? You know, you don't have to be on the property. You can see it just, it, you know, keeps tabs on it for trespassers. Just in general, it gives you the ability to, to have some eyes. And then back to Cam, I saw, I actually really dig this. They have, uh, they made signs that's like, this property is protected by, you know, Tacticam cell cams. And it's like that, that actually makes a ton of sense to put those up and let people know like, Hey, you're being monitored, you're being watched. And, you know, and then I'll have your picture in 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And that was, I mean, we got, when we had the poacher on our, I mean, long time listeners have heard of this story, but when we had the poacher on our property, he killed that really nice 10 pointer. And I used his camera that was on our property and pulled the (laughs) card and got the pictures of him dragging it off. He was not very bright, but I mean, it was within four or five hours that the DNR guy in Virginia was able to ID him and have a, have a ticket on his doorstep. And so it's pretty sweet. So this, I mean, it, it makes a difference and I think it's definitely a deterrent as well. For sure, man. Don't be mountain trash. Don't be that guy. Yeah. It's pretty unfortunate that, I mean, yeah, it's just ridiculous and unfortunate that folks would go out and on private land, especially that's not yours, but then, you know, even on public going out and just taking stuff. I mean, I've had tree stands stolen. I've had cameras come up missing uh, on army installations of all things. You know, when I'm hunting out there, it's just, it's, it's sad, mm-hmm. but whatever. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. That's the name of this episode. Yeah. Simple. Cool. You got anything else on trail cams? No, man. Good luck to everybody this season. Send us pictures of your, uh, your bucks or bulls or whatever the hell you're taking, your raccoons, whatever you're taking pictures of, send them to the, uh, podcast page, share them with us. That'd be awesome. I'd love to see that. I love sharing trail cam pics. That's like also one of my favorite things about trail cams is just like sending pictures to, to people be like, look what I got. It's like, you've, you've already killed it. Right. Which I'll, I'll never see that 12 point buck again. Right. But I got a picture of them and I'm freaking stoked about it. It's almost like trading cards. You just stoked exactly. to have them. Yeah. I mean, we have so many pictures of big bucks that we have just never seen on the hoof. So it's just, just part of it. It's fun though. Yep. Hell yeah. Cool. All That's right. all I got. I appreciate everybody. Uh, we are running team applications right now. They're back open. We have like 240 scheduled interviews right now, which is wild. Uh, we've gotten through, I don't know, probably about six hours of them. No, four hours of them so far. So that's going to be fun. Uh, if you guys are interested, go to huntlifteat.com on the main page. I actually put a description with the application so you guys can apply from there and come on, you know, come out. It's a, 
it's an awesome community. Most of you guys have heard about it at nauseum at this point, but it really is something special that we're building. We're blown away every day by the number of folks that are interested, the number of engaged members that we already have. We've got a app now that's been live for a couple months. That's just been a game changer for how we run the team. Our regions are just crushing it with regional events and seminars at the region levels. I mean, we're doing there's probably any given month now, there's three to four seminars going on. So just the wealth of knowledge that everybody provides is huge. It's just, a, it's a great organization and I'm, I'm stoked to be a part of it. Yeah, me too, man. Hope to see you guys there. Hell yeah. Sweet. Well, as always, guys, appreciate the hell out of you. We will talk to you next Tuesday. Sweet.